Hey dreamers, welcome to the Dream Planning Podcast. If you've been led here, I believe it was on purpose. You are created and loved by God and your life is full of purpose. If you've been sitting in a season of searching or unfulfillment and you're ready to change your life and hear from God, this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Polly Payne, the CEO and founder of Horatio Printing, and I'm here to lead you in tactical, practical, faith-led trainings to help make your God-sized dreams a reality in your life and your business. Your dreams matter because you matter. So open up your planner, pour a cup of coffee, and let's dream together. Welcome to episode 11. I'm so excited to bring you this interview that I had with Elise Murphy, who is the new author of our new 21 day Easter devotional. I'm so excited. The cat's finally out of the bag and we can share all the news. And in this interview, you're going to get to meet Elise. I know you're going to fall in love with her if you don't already know who she is. Elise is an incredible Australian born pastor, author, speaker, and just amazing woman of God. And so I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Elise is also hilarious. Um, So I hope that you enjoy it. And I just want to remind you to grab your Easter devotional before they sell out. They are going live on February 2nd. That's Tuesday, February 2nd at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're on the West Coast, that will be two o'clock. Um, Pacific Standard. I think that's the time zone. Anyways, the link is in the show notes. Go ahead and check that out. And you're going to want to upgrade to do the Easter with Elise upgrade where you get 10 live sessions with Elise leading up to Easter and really helping us lean in and join together. So enjoy. All right. Welcome, Elise. I'm so thankful that you're here with us. Thank you for having me. It's nice to chat to you. Yeah. So I'm really excited to dive into some dreams that you've gone after. But before we do that, I want to tell the listeners a little bit more about you and just introduce them to you and your story. Yeah. Do you want to start July 24, 1989? Or should we like move (laughs) on a little bit from the day I was born? I was born in a very early age, um, started at zero. No, (laughs) don't worry, guys. Don't tune out. I won't start there. Um, I am, my name is Elise. Um, I am an Aussie chick, was born in Sydney, Australia, grew up in a place called the Shire. No, it doesn't have any relation to Lord of the Rings, although my brother would have been so excited if it did. Uh, um, but grew up in a pastor's home on a PK. Um, if you're a PK, you know what that means. And I'm so sorry. Now I grew up in church and, um, did Bible college. And from when I was a little girl, I kind of knew I either wanted to be, true story, famous, judge, Judy, or a pastor. Um, those were my three options as uh, as I knew it. Um, but turns out the Kardashians weren't around. So I just didn't know you could be famous. And then my name's not Judy. So that was a lot. So I went into the ministry. I worked with my dad for a lot of years, I just, I remember being a little girl and feeling like, um, if this God thing's real, why wouldn't I want to spend, uh, my life helping people? And, um, yes, I want everyone to know about Jesus and have a relationship with God. But as I've grown up and, um, life gets messy, you know, you know what I mean? When you're a little girl, you think that life is messy and your friend won't talk to you. And that's a really big deal. But then you grow up and you realize, oh, wow, I wish life was, I wish that messy back then I could have that messy now as in my thirties. Does does that make sense? 
Yeah, the simplicity of when you're young, yes. the way you look at life and just how big little problems are, but looking back, they're so little. <laughs> I know, and it's not that they're not big to be to us when we were that age. It's just my friend Brandon explains it so well. He says, uh, love to a kid is still love, but it just is they're splashing around in the kiddie pool. And then when you grow up, you're just in a different pool. You're in either the ocean or it's like five meters deep, but that doesn't mean you're not in a pool of love or a pool of mess. It's just, as we grow up, we get a bigger understanding and life gets just a little messy. And I say that to say, I think that along the way, um, my relationship with God has deepened and progressed and uh, so has my desire to help people just to spread light and, um, you know, not to shove Jesus down anyone's throat, but just hopefully through who I am. And I am the, the opposite of perfect. And so I even get scared to say sometimes, hopefully through my actions, people see Jesus because I know me in traffic, like I'm not probably the picture of Jesus when I'm sitting on the 405 at like rush hour or something like that. But I do hope that somewhere in um, somewhere along the way for me, ministry turned into less of I want to um, be a pastor and I want to be on a church staff and more about I just want to help people. I want to bring hope to people. And that has been kind of weaved throughout my story and the ups and downs, good, bad and ugly of both church and life. And um, when I was uh, you're, you're getting like the the bullet points, but also the um, Elise Mosaic version of my story, which is usually what happens. I have the attention span of a goldfish. Um, <laughs> I'm like Dory the fish from Nemo. Uh, but I, uh, when I was, how old was I? 24 years old, I moved to Los Angeles and took on a role there at Oasis Church and have been in LA for almost eight years now, which is crazy how time flies. Oh my gosh. But been there for almost eight years and, um, been loving it and now I am talking to you and we survived 2020 and we're still standing and that is life <laughs> amen amen so tell us where in the world you are right now I was thinking about you I was like where in the world is am I like yeah am I like Carmen San Diego I, like, I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if you had that cartoon in Australia so I was like I don't know if she's gonna get the reference but tell everyone where you is are is it Carmen San Diego did I get it yeah yes you guys look at me go do you know what I don't even think I saw it as a cartoon I think it was a computer game that I used to play Absolutely. that and sims yeah that and the sims anyone that was like millennial growing I used to spend six or seven hours a day at my friend's house on the sims creating a world instead of living mine oh that's a word right there anyway uh where in the world am I is Elise Murphy I am currently back in the Shire I'm back in Australia um, I decided to come back for Christmas, um, spend some time with my family and run away from the USA's COVID and craziness for a few weeks. And um, we extended it um, just because of everything going on um, there right now. But I'm so excited to come home into February. And while I'm here, um, doing a little bit of a little bit of writing. So some exciting projects and that kind of stuff coming up but um yeah I mean who who doesn't want to chase summer to be honest it's summer here right now so oh it's that sounds not, so amazing I know it's not that tough it is not that tough so one of the things I'm so drawn to you about is the way that you dream and you pursue your dreams um now that I've had the chance to work with you and dream with you in a project that we'll talk about later um 
just the way that you pursue your dreams quickly, efficiently, but just with full confidence. And um, I think it has a lot to do with you understanding your calling and your purpose that you just don't spend a lot of time with this paralysis of analysis, which is so refreshing. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious, in the topic of dreaming, what do you feel like God has taught you about your dreams or about dreaming in general? Mm, Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's very kind of you, uh, being the girl. You know, sometimes it can feel like, and I'm sure you feel like this with Horatio, um, people see the businesswoman, they see the Horatio founder, they, they, you are such a boss, and it would be very easy to um allow people to think that and sometimes I like hear people talk about me and I'm like who is that because the girl Elise wakes up and doesn't want to talk to anyone without coffee and um I really I have my moments where it is um in 2020 honestly there were moments where it felt like I got sucker punched in the gut and Mm -hmm. went through some stuff and a few years ago um really went through a breakdown in marriage that resulted in a divorce and so when when you talk about me being a dreamer it's it's a crazy compliment that I am so grateful to receive but it's not always like that 24 7 for me and I have been through so much of where it's felt like my dreams have died or been delayed and it's very easy to start with a dream and then reality right like we have so many good plans and then reality interrupts us like they just don't care about our perfectly laid out plans um and so I think what I've learned about dreaming um is that it's okay if I don't feel like dreaming it's okay that doesn't that doesn't mean we're not a dreamer if someone has a dream and life interrupts it and and they kind of feel that feeling of you know when, when a kid when you like fell off your bike and you got winded Sometimes mm-hmm. it can feel like that with our dreams, but just because someone's been winded doesn't mean um, their dream isn't still available. It doesn't mean that God's still not working on it. And I've had this story in the Bible in my head all morning. I wasn't even reading it. The story, and I don't even know the reference. Maybe it's Mark chapter five about uh, Jesus going into uh, the room where a father's daughter was was dead. And he said, she's not dead. She's sleeping. And he said to her, Talitha Koum, um, it means go rise up get up and what I've learned about dreams is Talitha Koum is it's always time to rise up and if I can just remember that that when it feels like my dreams are broken or my dreams are dead it doesn't mean they are it just might mean that God has a different direction for me a detour in the direction doesn't mean that you're not going to get to the same destination I think that's really important. It's something I've learned through a divorce, through moving across the world, through having to start again two or three times by the age of 30. Like that's a lot of times to start again. (laughs) But I just have to do it maybe once in my life. Like it just is something that is reoccurring. All of us to a degree right now after 2020 have probably got some ruins in their hand, have probably got some dry bones, have probably got some what feels like dead dreams in their hand. And the biggest thing I would say to someone is what I feel like God has taught me. And that is sometimes you just have to get back up and dust yourself off and understand that a detour hasn't changed the destination. It just might've changed the direction. It just might've changed uh, the way you're going to get there, but that doesn't mean the dream's dead. And that comes back to trusting God. That comes back to God. Even if um, the Bible says in Proverbs that a man can, 
make plans, but God is the one that orders his steps that I can think about my future, but God's the one that places my feet. And that doesn't mean that it's 50% on me and the decisions I make and 50% on what God is doing. You know, often in that argument, it's like, do dreams, is that based on all the decisions I make? That means that God hasn't decided my future or does it mean that God has decided my future and I really have no say in it. So it doesn't really matter what happens. Well, I think that's where faith comes in. Cause honestly, I think with dreams, it's a hundred percent the decisions I make and it's a hundred percent the destination that God's in control of. And Mm -hmm. that's where spirituality and believing in God gets really trippy because it's hard to understand, but understanding that it really matters what I do on the way to my dreams. And also it really matters that God works all things together for good. And so, um, that is a very long way to say God's taught me a lot when it comes to dreams and thank you for the compliment of being a dreamer. (laughs) Of course. I mean, and I love what you said about detours and you and I've talked a lot about detours, especially you and I've spent a lot of time discussing the story of Joseph and the Mm -hmm. detours he went through and the pits he went through and, and the detours, and I might be quoting you, uh, (laughs) do it. (laughs) the, The detours build character. You know, the detours build faith. The detours build yes. the experience you need Preach. for the next appointment in your life and what God has yes. for you. Like if he took you in a straight line exactly to your destiny, you wouldn't have built what you need to build. And like, I, I've seen that a lot. And I've talked to people who've started businesses and they mm. rise so quick. Like um, I remember talking to my buddy who started a subscription box and it exploded and wow. he had to outsource all of the fulfillment because it just grew too big, too fast, which wow. is a thing, but it was difficult. So I was telling him about, you know, doing my in-house fulfillment. And he's like, I wish I could have built the infrastructure because that's where our business was murdered was in outsourcing fulfillment, which is just a beast of an expense. Yep. And yep. it's like the slow grow is so healthy. Yep. And like the, the idea that God doesn't give you more than you can handle. And honestly, yes. it's slow, the slow grow is a lot of times in your benefits because you're going to build the systems. You're going to build the ditches to handle the flood, to handle the rain and not flood yeah. out. You know what I mean? I think, yeah. And I think that to now quote one of my absolute heroes, Chris Kane, mm-hmm. she, um, she said to me during a season of heartbreak, she said, Elise, to the degree that you lean into the pain of recovery is the degree that you'll recover. And I think the same is true in a dream. To the degree that you lean into the delays, to the degree that you lean into the preparation, to the degree that you lean into the waiting is the degree that once God gives you that thing you're praying for, that determines whether you're going to sustain it. She says, if um, the character that is in you is not bigger than the spotlight that is on you, then the spotlight that is on you will kill the character that is in you. Mm-hmm. And I think that is often why God makes us wait. And yes, you and I have spent probably at this stage hours <laughs> obsessed with him talking about Joseph because he is my guy. Like I need a Joseph from 2020, 2021. <laughs> um, but he is just what an incredible story of, a dreamer speaking of dreamers and that's why I'm honored when someone calls me a dreamer because he is what I think of and yet there was a lot um, we can often um, 
create these Bible heroes. And one of the things I do feel like God's called me to do is make humans out of heroes and not to bring them down, but just to make them relatable because they were humans, they were real and they walked this earth. And so we can look at Joseph and be like, what an amazing man. And yes, he was, but he was also a bit of a spoiled brat at the start. Like Mm -hmm. there was a few things that the waiting taught him that meant that once he became second in charge, once he had all this um, influence and power and responsibility, it meant that it didn't go to his head because God had already grounded his heart. And I really think that God will often take waiting seasons to ground our heart, to anchor us down so that when he gives us those open doors to walk through, when the whole world, it seems, would open up to us, when someone calls us an overnight success, we really know, hey, this is actually God who has elevated me. The Bible says that it is God that promotes one and demotes another, that we should not ever get it twisted, that it wasn't my network that connected, for example, you and I. It was God knowing, hey, I needed these girls together because I needed them to do some work and um, to spread some light and some hope and to spread my name for me. So when there was a door shut in your face or a door shut in my face in various seasons, who knows if it wasn't God saying, like I was saying before, this is a detour because actually I need this road to go around here so that it connects these two girls. I don't know if that, if that makes sense, but I really do think there is so much purpose in the waiting seasons. I think that God's got a plan for it. And I think the enemy's got a plan for it. God's plan is to prepare us and the enemy's plan um, is to make us quit. And if you don't quit, I know I'm going back to the Bible all the time, but it's a good book. Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in the waiting. Don't grow weary. Don't get tired. Don't give up in the preparation because at the appropriate time in due time, which is a very different time zone to Australia and America and our (laughs) calendar time zone, it is not in the Horatio dreamers planner. Thank you very much. (laughs) Due time we'll reap the reward if, if we don't, if we don't give up. That's so good. And just to bind to him, right? The waiting Mm -hmm. of binding to God versus giving up or sitting on your bum and just going, whatever, you know, I'll wait, but like binding in the time and releasing it, the posture of releasing and and surrendering and, and that continual prayer of your will be done. I have so much peace when I pray that, I mean, obviously, but like, I've been recently just really investing in that concept of surrender. I remember sitting at the doctor's office recently and waiting on my COVID test. And I realized, oh man, I haven't, I haven't even like hardcore prayed because it was my second time getting a COVID test. And I was like, I felt terrible the night before. And I was like, you know, in my head, I'm like, I probably have it. I don't know, maybe Mm -hmm. not. And I just was like, God, if this is your will, like it's your will and your will is perfect. And literally two seconds later, the doctor comes in. Well, you got a positive result. And I had so much peace being like, like God, like you're going to take care of me. I know it. And just had, you know, peace in that because I just surrendered it. And it was like the timing Mm -hmm. of the surrender um, was just really powerful. And, And us having that posture is, it just releases so much. And I love that I love that you said that because it wasn't that when you surrendered it, he came in with the negative result. Well, everything's good. You got your miracle. Sometimes we surrender these things to God and we don't get the response we want. I remember the day that I surrendered my marriage to God, that I was like, God, I don't know what to do anymore. I had to surrender it. 
I mean, daily there for a while. And some people might know what I'm talking about when you have that dream that it's not just once. It's like every day you're like, oh, I've got to surrender it again. Yeah. But I was doing all I want, all I could do. And I was begging God to save my marriage. And I say to people all the time, in the end, God saved me from my marriage that would have killed me. And I am so grateful. I'm so grateful that I surrendered it to God, even though I got the response that at the time felt um, like what you were just saying. It was the response I didn't want. It was a husband deciding he didn't want this anymore. It was being rejected and feeling abandoned and um, filing for a divorce. That's never the that's never the dream that someone has when they walk down an aisle in a big dress is to be signing papers for a divorce and yet I think looking back on it now the grace of God is all over it and we've got to be careful not to shame people or look down on people or uh, decide the motivations or judge people too quickly when we see a response when we see something happen in their life that we don't understand you know I've seen so many people interesting that you bring up the COVID thing my best friend got COVID so many of my friends have had COVID I remember when you got it and we were talking and, you know, there can be people that are very harsh with people that tested positive for it as if, as if you were a party animal with a small child at home trying to run a business, like yeah, if you were out I've trying been, to get it. You know, I've been out on all these yachts with all these people and we've you all sharing drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Or like, but even so closer to home for me, someone, people on social media saw when I got divorced and some of the comments that I was uh, dealing with from people that didn't know me that didn't know my life or some of the interactions we can have when people see someone's life and don't understand what's happening so assume that God's not in it actually I would say God was in God was in my divorce did he want it no I didn't want it I don't believe that was his plan for it at all but I think that sometimes God will allow things because he's got a bigger plan for it because he can use all things for good yeah. He can bring all things around for good. Was COVID, oh, yeah. was the fact that you got COVID good? No. But did he use it? Absolutely. Oh, was yeah. my divorce good? No. But will he use it? He absolutely is. And he will. Is what you're going through, whoever you are listening to this right now, good? No. But can God use it? Absolutely. So when we're surrendering it, it's not us bartering with God, asking, saying, hey, if I surrender this to you, I'll get the negative test. I won't get divorced. I'll get the job that I want. I'll get the grade that I want. I'll get this husband or this wife or whatever it is. It's actually saying, God, your will be done. And that's where the peace happens. Because if it's not good, when you surrender it, you know that God can still bring it to God. If it's not good, he's not done yet. And I just... I'm sorry to kind of divert, but I, I think it's important that we are careful how quickly we judge somebody else's surrendered um, life to God. Absolutely. We were talking about this before we jumped on the call, but just the topic of shame, because I had so much mm -hmm. shame. I was embarrassed to tell anybody. I was scared, wow. you know, and someone messaged me and said, Holly, you should feel no shame that you caught a highly contagious virus. <laughs> That's you know? why it's a global pandemic, Polly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I was contagious. like, thank you for saying that, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I just wanted to share because I felt like uh, sometimes it's just nice to know, okay, well, how did you respond to it? It's like everyone gets to hear things from the someone they know and it just becomes more real, you know? So yep. that's what I shared, but, you know, I, 
speaking of Christine, she's also one of my favorites. And uh, we love you, Chris. We love yeah. you, Mama Chris. <laughs> I love her quote about shame. She said that shame is only good. The only purpose is to bring you to the foot of the cross. And it's there that you, that you leave it because you weren't called to carry it, you know? And if Sheesh. we continue to carry it after we've left it at Jesus, with Jesus, that's the enemy trying to work on us. But it yep. does have a purpose initially to help bring us to Jesus, but that's the only place it should take you, you know? And from there you leave it, you release it and you move forward. And that's the, that's the thing. While you were just talking, I opened up my Instagram because look, while we're on the topic of Chris Kane quotes, um, I remember her saying something uh, at a conference I was at once and she said, the enemy will try to shame you in the very area that God wants to use you. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the ways the enemy, the Bible says the enemy is the father of lies. I was just doing a, um, like a meditating on this last night, actually, because there's been some stuff you know, just being real and on all of our journey, some stuff I've been dealing with where I've been just, I know I'm hearing the lie of the enemy and I can say that's not truth. But sometimes knowing that the enemy's lying to you, it doesn't completely take away the shame you feel or the confusion you feel or the guilt you feel when you hear it. Does that make sense? Yes. And I really, um, I really, I don't know why we're kind of diverting onto shame, but someone needs to hear it because I think the enemy being the father of lies, all he knows how to do is lie. So if you flip that on its head by him lying to you, whatever area that you're feeling shame in, if you flip it and you see it as a lie from the enemy, you've actually uncovered half of his plan, the enemy's plan. Because if the enemy is telling you something, then you flip it on its head and you make the truth out of it. You know, that's what God's saying. And so I think sometimes he tells us his very plan just by telling us a lie. Because if we know it's a lie, change it to the opposite and you found out the truth of what God really thinks about you that you're actually not useless that God has a plan for you that actually you haven't messed up too much mm-hmm. that that lie that we often believe if any if people really knew me they'd hate me that's actually not true oh, vulnerability yeah. authenticity is the very thing that connects people that's the very thing that's the reason that's what you just did Polly you're just being vulnerable and letting someone know that they're not alone and so what er- whatever area someone's feeling shame in chances are I'd bet good money on it if I was a betting woman that that is the very area that God is wanting to turn around and use to help other people and to bring healing not just to them but to other people and I think there are some days where we have to remember that this isn't even about me this is about the people that this story is going to help when I get loose of this shame which is doesn't make it not scary (laughs) Mm -hmm. so scary tell me about it but it's exciting you know and uh you know I had someone that's been coaching me on podcast space and she's like all right you gotta you know really really share your authentic testimony on the podcast and I was like (laughs) like I'm yeah (laughs) you know heart palpitations because we all have that's the thing we all have the filtered vulnerability these days we know vulnerability it used to be sex cells sex still cells turns out but that hasn't really gone anywhere in a sense but vulnerability cells if you're looking at Instagram and um, social media that kind of stuff people know that vulnerability sells but I think what it's created is it's created a um, filtered vulnerability mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of weird Great to say the yeah. juxtap- the contradiction of like fake vulnerability but I do I know especially girl I'm an Enneagram three <laughs> so uh, you're an Enneagram three right what are you I score really high in the three, but I'm actually a seven, but they're like neck and neck. 
girl, my dad's a seven and I could be either. Like some days I'm like, I'm for sure a seven. I, I know that's not how it works. Everybody that knows Enneagram don't at me, but I like some days I'm like, I'm for sure a seven. But being people are telling me I'm a post-it three child, but that means I know how to spin a story. Like I can tell you the filtered version without it actually being the true, authentic, deep down gut vulnerability of my life. And that's one of the things that God's been challenging me on of Elise. Can you say it while it's still messy before you've had a chance to clean it up? Because I think that especially with Gen Z, especially with younger, like the younger you get, the more it's like, if millennials wanted to see the behind the scenes, Gen Z want to smell the morning breath. Like they just want it real. They don't want it filtered. And I think that's something we can learn from them of desiring true authentic vulnerability, really wanting someone to say, hey, I'm in the mess right now and I don't quite have the but God at the moment. It still sucks. It's still crap and it still feels messy. Um, and that I think is how we start to really use social media to connect. And I don't mean bleeding in front of everybody, bleeding out without, without any chance of healing. I just mean, I think that there is so much power in vulnerability yeah. when we're prepared to take the mask off and say, you might think differently after I tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. And I hope that I tell you and you don't feel like you're alone anymore. That's so good. That's the power. That's the whole point of the testimony, you know? It's yeah. Very early days. So I want to switch gears a little bit and go back to some of your dreams. Yes, we got we got on a tangent there of uh, which I think <laughs> real good. beautiful, a beautiful tangent, a beautiful tangent, and uh, which that could tangent. be the title of your new, your next book. You know, Elise's beautiful tangents. You just <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna write it down. I will I will file that one away. Elise's tangents, just a book of my <laughs> random thoughts. Let me know at me. Let beautiful me know tangents. Wanna... <laughs> beautiful tangents. Beautiful. Beautiful and brutal tangents. They could be either or. Yes. So let's dive into a big dream that you're currently working on. Oh, whatever could you mean, Polly? <laughs> no, hey, I'm so, I, I remember, so for those that don't know, Polly and I, um, we kind of met, again, through social media. That's one of the beautiful things about social media is that you can connect with people that you um, wouldn't have connected with before. I think you went to college with my best friend, Katie. So you, we had that kind of mutual went friend. But with her. She cheered, went to high school. You went to, she cheered like a year or two under me. So fun. You taught her everything she knows in the cheering world. I did cheering for one season in school in Australia. And um, turns out I wasn't very good at it. So <laughs> <laughs> we quit that pretty quickly. <laughs> But I, um, I, you and I connected because you are one of the most, first of all, one of the most generous people that I know. And you would just always send me these Horatio things. And the beautiful quality of what you create is genuinely, and I'm not just saying this, is is the best quality, um, stationary, et cetera, et cetera, planners, diaries that I've ever seen. And so I fell in love with your business. And then I started getting to know you and 2020 um, changed gears for a lot of people, detoured a lot of dreams, and it did for me as well. And for the first time since I left Bible college, since 19 years old, I stepped off a church staff. Um, so trust me, I can relate to people that say um, they're living a reality they never thought they would. I never thought I'd ever have a season where I didn't work on a church staff. And I've honestly just been praying about God, what does it look like to... Um, 
to love you and love people um, in a different in a different way. And some of that has been about me getting back to writing and getting some of those projects going. And one day he just dropped me on, um, dropped you on my heart. And I remember, I hate, I usually hate when people say you're on my heart. It feels like such a churchy thing. And it's I such love a vital it. organ. <laughs> oh, it's such a vital organ that no one should ever be on top of. But <laughs> metaphorically, I, I get it. I get it metaphorically. It's just be careful of stepping on someone's heart and being on someone's heart. Anyway. I digress. I'm one of the beautiful tangents of Elise. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking about you and God just gave me this dream of a devotional. And I remember uh, thinking, I can't just call Polly. Like we've never really spoken on the phone and we're kind of just social media friends and it just would not go away. And last year, a really good friend of mine, Hannah, um, around Easter, she asked if I would jump on some Instagram lives with her. <clears throat> and help people journey through Easter, help her journey through the week of Easter. And the response that I got from that was was genuinely overwhelming, very unexpected because we literally decided to do it. I think like the Saturday or Sunday before the week, like the day before it started, we were like, let's just, let's just do it. Let's just have some fun. And um, I did not realize the desire that people had to take those um, what have now been very um commercialized holidays and come back to to why we have them to the real meaning of them to um not just the chocolates and um all the festivities although your girl loves some chocolates I'm not getting down on that at all but really what is Easter what did Jesus do for us and um I wanted to tell the story of Easter so we did that week it was amazing and then when um, I was thinking about you and this devotional you and I started having some conversations and we actually have some plans for the future as well. If this goes well, you know, if it, if it tanks, then, you know, maybe we won't do it, but <laughs> no, but some ideas for the future. And then this Easter devotional became a dream. And I could not shake this idea of journeying with people through Easter from Lent all the way to Easter resurrection Sunday. And rather than going through the motions of an Easter season, savoring the moments with our savior, walking with him through the areas that he walked through when he had Passover, doing what he was doing on those days and actually putting ourselves in the story. And I don't think there could be a better time to do it than coming out of the ruins of 2020 to be able to walk into the resurrection that I believe God wants to bring us in 2021. And so you were so gracious, so generous and um, have been working so hard with me on this. And I'm just so, it's very surreal and very exciting to see one of those dreams become a reality. And so I'm so excited. And I have to, I have to say thank you to you for, for believing in your crazy Australian friends dream and um, committing to making it reality. Yeah. Well, I'm just so thrilled about it because it's definitely a space that God's put on my heart to create more Bible studies. Obviously I got started in the planner space and then we made our soap Bible studies mm -hmm. and that was just kind of an idea and it really took off. And I said to you, I think I said, I was like, Hey, have you ever thought about publishing <laughs> like that? And like, I, can't, I can't tell you how many people have been saying, like, I see it for you. I see it for yeah. you. And, um, and that's so scary. Cause I'm like, God, uh, that's really scary. Cause like, yeah. I don't have all this capital to like print all this stuff. I'm not a traditional publisher. I'm a mom in a rental house. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, Which, 
you know, I mean, it's so cliche to, to maybe say Mary was a teenage virgin. Like Joseph was was a kid with a coat. You could go down the list yeah. of the people that God used, but it kind of feels like, well, you are the perfect person for God to do something like this through. Absolutely. And I love, um, I love your style of just the authentic voice you have. It's so inviting. You feel like you're really sitting with Elise when you're reading the devotional, which I obviously had the chance to read many times and I can't wait for you <laughs> to read it. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like a soap, but imagine doing a soap Bible study for those of you that love our soap Bible studies like that, like you have a scripture every day, but then Elise speaks to you. So instead of you doing it all on your own with no, you know, commentary, um, Elise is right there going, well, how about that? You know, and like, but like that kind of tone, it's very just like friendly, but then so powerful. Of course, there's humor in there because she's hilarious. And then it's just, and then there's thoughtful, uh, contemplative space in there for you to really go deep and like, yeah. I mean, I know this sounds weird, but like eat the Bible, like actually be full and satisfied from the scripture. And um, it's just an amazing, it's a 21 day journey. And what I'm really excited is um, Elise has an interactive part that she's going to do. So it's not like, okay, I'm on this like boat alone and, you know, mm-hmm. during a potential lockdown, but there's going to be this really great interactive community with it. Yeah. I'm so excited about that. It, and uh, going back to the devotional itself, there is the beautiful tangents. I think we should just call it that from now on. That should be what it's labeled. Elisa's beautiful tangents are all over the devotional. It's going to be fun. But I am so excited. Honestly, I've just got FOMO like all the time. I'm always afraid of missing out. Even like when I'm in Australia, I'm perfect example right now. I'm in Australia and I really wish I was in America, um, even though it's crazy, even though it's COVID. But I just, I miss my people. I miss my home. But then when I'm in LA, I miss Australia. I miss my family here. I miss the beaches and the Aussie kind of the Aussie spirit, I guess, of mateship. But wherever I am, I'm missing out on something. And it's just like the bane of my existence. And so I decided I don't want people doing this devotional without me. Like, I don't want to miss out because part of Easter is honestly, it's coming together, isn't it? Well, it has been in the past. And though our world has changed, I didn't want to lose that sense of community in such a beautiful time like Easter. And so again, you and I talked and I was like, I wonder if we could do an interactive um, version of our of this devotional. And so what we decided is we would do and Easter with Elise Bundle. And so let's do Easter together. And we're going to have live sessions together. We'll have two leading up to the week of Easter, the first one in the first week, because it's a three-week study um, in the week of um, Lent and some stuff around that. And then the second week, which I won't tell you what it's themed, you'll have to get the devotional. And then the uh, third week, we're going to do a live session every single day. And I want to include in that, there'll be new teachings from me. There'll be special guests to be announced on those times. And it will be really a time of just community interaction, conversation. And I really want to get real with some honest question and answer where nothing will be off limits 
ask me questions. You can ask the guests that I bring on. Honestly, you can ask each other and we'll just see, let's see where this goes. And again, what's so cool is that you and I, we really want people to come on the journey with us because we don't know where this will go. I don't know where this community will go. You don't know where this publishing will go. But the beautiful thing is I want to invite everyone on the journey with us as you and I step out in faith, doing something that neither of us has ever done before and saying, hey, you guys want to come on the journey with us? And will you help us get people on the journey as well? So I'm so excited that it doesn't just have to be someone in their bedroom with a devotional, though I hope they do. Um, but it can also be an interactive uh, community at the same time. Yeah. And we're so excited about that. Of course, unfortunately, due to technical you know, limits, there's only a certain amount of the full yeah. Easter with Elise seats because it is mm-hmm. going to be powered by Zoom and Zoom has limits. So there will be a limit to that amount. So if you do want to be, you know, a part of that interactive community, I do recommend ordering yeah. on launch day, which launch day is February 2nd. I'm so five, excited! At 5 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard. We're doing it in the evening. I never do launches at night, but you know, first time for everything. And we wanted to do it when Elise was awake because she's going to be in Australia. <laughs> So we want to make sure it wasn't like two in the morning. I'll still be in Australia. And so though I have to be doing some Instagram lives for um, another amazing company, Lightworkers, that I work with, it's going to be at 5 a.m. I was like, please, Polly, help you girl out. So it'd be 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which will be 9 a.m. Sydney, Australia time. Um, And then that will be, what is that, like 2 p.m. Pacific time or something like that? It'll check out the times. Yeah. It's going to be, I'm so pumped about this. I, uh, I just, I cannot wait. And I'm a night out as well. So I was like, Hey Polly, let's have a party at night. Come on. Yeah. And so we're also going to have some really great, uh, not, I guess not gifts, but prizes for the birds. Tell them, tell them. Okay. So the first shopper is going to win a hundred dollar gift card to Horatio printing. Whoop, whoop. So I will see whoever shops right at five o'clock, the very first shopper is going to win a hundred bucks. The first 25 shoppers are going to get the Easter with Elise bundle. So that upgrade to actually spend time with Elise and go to these live sessions and be a part of that interactive community. Mm -hmm. The first 25 will get that with the code first 25. You just have to put both in your cart and check out. And the first 100 people are going to get a free gift from me it's a surprise so So set your alarm or set three alarms um and make sure yeah you get it because last time we launched a devotional we sold out in two hours which is why oh my gosh Polly who where did you think that you weren't going to be doing some publishing stuff when this is kind of like the stuff that is on your life and you're selling out in two hours like People, please DM Polly and just remind her that God is all over what she's doing. It's just insane. This does not happen to people, Polly. I know. It's just so scary. But that's the thing. Like, if something really gives you the heebie-jeebies in a way, in a good way, like, you're probably onto something. And also, if your dream is taking longer than you think it should, you're onto something. Because good things yep. take time. So that's yep. how I leave it with that. Um, but thank you so much, Elise, for just sharing your heart. I loved all the beautiful tangents. Um, I hope it blessed all the listeners. I would just be so honored if you could close us out in a prayer. Absolutely, Polly. Hey, thank you so much. I'm so pumped as well that you have started this podcast because I need it. I can't wait to be listening to um, the other episodes that you are recording right now. And I just think that what you're continuing to doing 
what you're continuing to do. It may have started with a planner, but God knew that was that was always just just the beginning. So thank you for inspiring girls like me and and the people that are listening. Um, we're very grateful, not just for the businesswoman, not just for the podcaster now, but for the girl Polly. So I just want to mm-hmm. say thank you um, to you before I pray. But yeah, let's let's pray together. Whether you are at home listening, um, in a car, please don't close your eyes, but wherever you're listening, um, I'm often listening on a run. So just keep your eyes open, but let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for my friends, the ones I know, the ones I don't, um, every single person that is listening to me pray right now. God, I just thank you. I thank you, um, for the gift of your son. I thank you that you give us dreams. And so often we do not know where they're going. God, there are so many detours of life. There are so many bumps and uh, random corners and uh, turns that we take and loop de loop sometimes. But I just pray specifically, God, for the person right now that feels like their dream has been delayed um, or that has their dream has died. And I just speak, Jesus, what you said to that little girl, Talitha Koum, rise up. God, I speak to every dead dream. I speak to every delayed dream. God, and I just say in Jesus' name, rise up. Lord, where you um, asked Ezekiel to prophesy to the dead bones, I pray that in this next season, God, as they spend time in your word with you, God, as we go on this Easter journey together, Lord, I just pray that people would experience like never before your resurrection power, that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, it lives in us. And I just speak to every single dream, every single person that feels like their hope has died, that feels like the the breath has been taken out of them. God, I just pray that you would, like you did at the very beginning, that you would breathe life into us, life into your dreams, and that the ruins of 2020 would not stay dead. But God, you have a way of bringing beauty from ashes. So God, I just thank you for what you're doing through this, really this ministry of Horatio. God, I thank you for the words that you um, gave me to pen down for these 21 days. And Lord, I just thank you that you bring you bring us together, that you've brought us together for such a time as this. Lord, we just commit it to you, not just our personal dreams, not just this corporate dream, but I commit this Easter journey to you, Lord, that we would get to know you more intimately, more personally than ever before. We just commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I am so thankful for you, Elise. And I want to remind all the listeners, if you're wanting to take the next step and join Elise, in this Easter journey, make sure you check out the link in the show notes or at HoratioPrinting.com. That's H-O-R-A-C-I-O Printing.com. And remember, the first 50 who order on launch day are getting a special prize. And that prize has actually changed from a journal to a daily notepad. If you don't have a daily notepad, you are going to love the daily notepad. And remember, if you want to experience the live sessions with Elise, you have to also add the Easter with Elise upgrade into your cart when you're checking out. There are only a limited number of spots for that specific um, upgrade. So make sure you do that. Mark your planner, put an alarm in your phone, and I can't wait to see you guys there. Thanks for listening to the Dream Planning Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a quick 30-second review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. 
share it with a friend, share it on social media. I just want to thank you in advance for helping to advance this mission. Now, if you need a planner, I got you. Now is the time to grab your 2021 dream planner and make your dreams a reality. Head over to HoratioPrinting.com, that's H-O-R-A-C-I-O printing.com. Use the code DREAM15, that's DREAM15, to get 15% off your planner. Yay! I'm excited for you to get serious about your dreams. Have a wonderful day. You are so loved, and I truly believe the best is yet to come.